Welcome to Watch This Podcast. podcast is probably the best stuff we put out all year and that's pretty sad considering right i hope it gets more views anyway i don't care <laughs> you'd have a really solid show if we did that bring on the funny let's go <laughs> it's wasted airtime. hello and welcome back to episode 20 of the making laps podcast i'm your host brent gleason sitting in studio with me is my brother jesse gleason my wife megan and our cat, Smokey. Oh, Roger will be in, too. I'm sure Roger will come and uh, make some kind of appearance on the on the show. Not a lot's been going on lately because of the whole coronavirus thing and COVID-19. Not really that... I'm really not interested in talking about it. We had... I know last week I interrupted the episode while I was editing it to announce that the one race that I had scheduled for the whole season, one race, because I was just taking some time off, got canceled. The uh, Northeast Classic at New Hampshire Motor Speedway got canceled on me, so now I don't have any races on my schedule. Well, what is, is it going to be rescheduled? Yeah, for next year. I heard of I heard of uh, one the three seventy five Sportsman going to uh, maybe going up there for uh, November. Marshall wants to bring a race up there, but it's a big gamble and it's a lot of money to put it on. So he would have to get a lot of interest and a lot of entries. Well, to that's do what he's it, saying. So. He says, "He says I need I need to know like how many cars, which is understandable." So the more people that say, "Hey, I'm ready to go. I'm ready, let's go somewhere and do it." Sign up, register. Boy, at you, least maybe it'll be going. You think the World Series is cold? Wait to if you go to New Hampshire in November. Be glad it wouldn't be snowing. <laughs> Dress layers, yeah. <laughs> that would be cold. My car loves the cold. We'll anyway. get it done. I know we don't like talking about the coronavirus thing, but it's like, I, I, it's the only thing going on right now. And I've seen that we've hit the point in this whole deal that I've been expecting from the start. Like, the whole situation is being discussed as a political incident and morality more than the virus itself. I really can't stand it. It's inevitable, especially when you have an entire countries and nations on the line. It's going to get that way, so. 
Yeah, everybody's going to believe their own thing. Uh, to be quite honest, though, if you're one of those people who actually thinks that the protesters took to the streets because they can't get haircuts or go to a restaurant, then I have a nice syringe full of disinfectants and bleach for you because you probably believe that was That's real not too. the greatest injustice that's going on <laughs> in the world. The greatest injustice is that the Tiger King is still in jail. Well, I mean... I don't know his whole story, but from what I've read, I think you he kind of deserves to be in there. No, no. I'm not interested in No, he King. doesn't. You have to rewatch the documentary. He was just joking. Carol Baskin should be in jail. She did that shit. <laughs> you know, from what I've been hearing, that, that documentary was actually really, really unfair to her, but I'd have to watch it. Unfair? To find out. Bullshit. She has sardine oil sprayed on her husband. Hey, man, I don't know. Tigers, man. I, don't, I ain't no damn detective. I don't know nothing. But, like... What would Joe Kenda do? Joe Kenda would solve that shit. Oh. But it's like, I mean, did you really think that most of the, the most prominent photo of these protesters, you know, the ones like say that they're saying you can't get haircuts or go to a restaurant and that's why they're protesting. It's like, do you, do you actually think that that was genuine? Do you think people are actually protesting because they can't get a haircut? No, that shit's not real. You know, do, do, you, do they not think somebody's just being facetious? People always counter-protest during marches and insert themselves to try to troll and be funny. Is this the rant? Um, Just want to preface that so that people can skip ahead. You know what? It might as well be. I'm already there. I'm sorry. No, it might as well be. Okay. I mean... This is not the rant? No, the rant is... An Im- I'm sorry to interrupt your thoughts, No, by no, the way, no. But- I mean, it's... The rant is kind of embattled, and it's probably the reason I'm losing listeners, because people take it way too seriously, but honestly, I don't care. Because I keep telling people, it's not serious. Don't take it seriously. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, Continue with uh, the pre-rant. Rant. But like like I said, people always counter protests. You're always going to see people in there just holding signs like completely opposite to what people are protesting about. And it's like, oh, well, if you're protesting to not wear a mask, then what's stopping people from protesting clothes and walking around naked? I, I read that today, and I'm like, what a weak argument. You know, it's just as weak as... People That's called s- a false equivalency. Yeah, it's, it's, it's argumentative just, fallacy is what it's called. Honestly, it's just it's not as an argument. It's just as weak as like saying, "Oh, right wing folks saying my body, my choice." Maybe they finally understand abortion. It's like. No, that's not even close either, because those people are protesting the right to decide what to do with their own life, not what they're going to do with someone else's well, life. For they example, all have to take care a of fetus. They have to take care of everybody because healthcare is a is a right. So guess what. <laughs> you have to take care of them too. So, I mean, the both sides are. Have, it's so it's hypocrisy on both sides. It's so tiresome because political discussions aren't even discussions anymore. It just becomes a politi- a pathetic contest. Like everyone tries to state an opinion they can use to slam dunk on who they see as competition, if you can call it that. They drop a grenade and walk away using ad hominem attacks on anybody who dare challenge their obviously superior opinion. You know, nobody really learned anything. Nobody's view has changed. The only thing that's happened is someone voiced their opinion as loud as possible and walked away believing they were more intelligent instead of not being a coward and sticking around for the debate. And I honestly can't stand that. Like, that's what this whole thing has basically devolved into. And, like, the debate over rights is downright mind-numbing. Oh, everyone with their Facebook law degree is out in force. It's just, like, the third weak argument I've already listed. Unless you're a lawyer or a judge, you have just as much law training as... I can't wait as... to start reading all the fucking comments from dipshits. 
I mean, if uh, like I said, unless you're a lawyer or a judge, you have just as much law training as anybody else. You haven't offered anything to disprove or counter these people's opinions by saying that. It's just a sentence out of your mouth to try to reduce the validity of the opposing viewpoint. It's not an argument. Fucking bench racing idiot. It's not an argument. It's just an attack. And if you're going to share something on Facebook with statistics, you could at least try to make it accurate and factual before spouting off. Like, what good does any of this do without being factual? I'm just incredibly sick of it all. I'm sick of wearing masks. I'm sick of staying six feet apart. I'm sick of nothing being open. I'm sick of being told statistics that just keep changing day to day. I'm sick of hearing scare tactics like, you could be a carrier and never show symptoms. Like... How all over the place is this virus anyway? You can be a carrier and not show symptoms. Yeah, that but happens it, with every disease, though. Yeah, I know. It's like, like yeah, it's AIDS. still a... I'm sorry, but it's still a scare tech. <laughs> AIDS doesn't go away. This goes away. Like, so, it, are you technically sick if you don't show symptoms ever? And then it just goes away? Yes. No. Because... <laughs> because how did you know? Because, because the strain that... Ain't gonna do nothing to me. That's six one, two hundred and sixty pounds, and you know, full of uh, high level machine that I am. It's gonna kill <laughs> some ninety five year old lady. She would die from a strong breeze. Pretty much. But in know? in one person, it would give you super pneumonia and put you in the hospital on a ventilator for two weeks if you don't die. And in another person, you can have it and never show symptoms. Like what? Seriously? Like how all over the place is this shit? Like it, and all these people clamoring for a vaccine like it's polio or smallpox. It's a freaking mutating virus, man. Why do you think they haven't figured something out for the common cold yet? Because it constantly mutates. You know? Exactly. That's why you haven't gotten a virus for it yet. So stop... Cl- like, people don't go to school, I swear to God. That's why it was weaponized by China. <sighs> yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. But, like... There's, they didn't. It's there's no vaccine for it because it's largely similar to like the common cold. They didn't come out with, or and and the flu and such. Like I said, it's in the basic families of it, and they didn't come out with any bespoke vaccine for H1N1. And according to the CDC, its seasonal flu vaccine is only a 47% effective rate. 47% is nothing when it comes to a vaccine. I mean, yeah, it might help you, you know, increase a little bit, but man, 47 is not a big number. 47% of like say 8 million people get it is a lot of people. Yeah. That's why I'm like 40 That's a lot of people. Yeah, I know. So it's like if polio vaccine had a 47% success rate, that's not very good. That's why it works. I mean, it takes everything out. I mean, I know that we all want to believe that we can all be part of something noble and that we can do our part to try to save lives, but I guarantee that everyone listening has gone to school or work with a cold or flu and spread it to somebody else. And that's why this thing is still going on, because everybody just, it's almost part of the human psyche to just go to work or school. So maybe there's something positive to come out of this, and that's proper hygiene and common courtesy. In Asian countries, traditionally, when people feel ill, they cover their mouth and nose with, like, a face covering or something so as to not transmit anything to other people. And let's not lump China into this one. <laughs> let's not get the debate started on this. But, like, traditionally, that's, like I said, m- mostly a Japanese thing or something. I don't know. I'm trying to not to sound China racist here. I'm just trying not to sound racist because I don't know other cultures that well. But that's usually what they typically do. It's a very respectful thing. 
but and if people were taught to wash their hands more regularly like common hygiene and not touch their uh not touch their face after being out in public then diseases and illnesses wouldn't spread so quickly but if face masks and social distancing become normal i'd prefer death at this point <laughs> so yeah that i guess that was my rant for this week um like the Great Wall of China. I love China. So anyway, we actually have some racing news to talk about this week. And uh, we don't have a lot of laps in this one, so it's just going to be NASCAR talk, and uh, I don't have anything else to rant about. listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, listen. Do you have a rant? No. No? You're going to save it for later? Yes. All right, so uh, why don't we go to lap number one then? For lap number one this week, NASCAR is coming back. NASCAR has been in talks with the North Carolina government about getting teams back to work, and they've worked out a few deals to not only have the teams start prepping cars again, but to also go racing. Now, the dates for their return to racing are as follows. I think it's going to be about mm, two weeks from now. Uh, We're going to start on Sunday, May 17th. Cup Series is going to be at Darlington. Tuesday, May 19th, Xfinity Series at Darlington. Wednesday, May 20th, Cup Series again at Darlington. So that's like three days apart. Sunday, May 24th, Cup Series at Charlotte. Sunday or Monday, May 25th, Xfinity Series at Charlotte. Tuesday, May 26th, three days in a row. Like a weekend show, but, you know, on the opposite end of the week, I guess. Uh, Gander Trucks at Charlotte. And then Wednesday, May 27th, Cup Series at Charlotte again. So each event will have no practice and qualifying will be will only be held for the Coca-Cola 600 at the end of the month. Uh, all events will be one-day events with lineups based on owner's points from the season. Uh, it's only four races, so I don't know how that's going to play out, but whatever, they got points. Uh, event procedures were aligned with CDC, OSHA, and state recommendations. Of note on the schedule, um, the second Darlington race on May 20th is not going to replace the Labor Day race at Darlington, which is the uh, opener of the playoffs this year. Uh, NASCAR has stated that they intend on keeping the playoff races intact, so you'll probably see three races at Darlington. <laughs> I'm not sure. But you know, it, it, the schedule realignment is in its very early phases, so we'll, we'll have to take and uh, keep an eye on that. Additional schedule updates specific to tracks which have had races postponed will be adjusted and announced at a later date. This includes races at Atlanta, Texas, Bristol, Richmond, Talladega, Dover, and Martinsville. So this is good news for not only NASCAR fans and motorsports fans because there's only so much we can take watching virtual racing, am I right? Uh, But for the industry as well. NASCAR isn't a sport that can really handle a long-term shutdown with how money flows in the sport. Uh, One of the key factors with NASCAR uh, being allowed to open up shop again is the fact that if the shutdown lasted much longer, according to word from, like, industry insiders, almost half of the teams would go out of business without sponsor or purse dollars coming into their teams. So um, they had to work quick to get this thing back going again especially with the government uh, governor government of north carolina and surrounding states to try to get this thing going uh nascar has a set business model in a way that it has to be moving constantly uh we can't have a shutdown nascar is 
easily the longest season of any sports-based entertainment industry. Uh, it has a lot of money in their television deals, a lot of sponsor investment in teams' tracks, the sanctioning body. If there's zero exposure being given to those sponsors, and then the sport essentially folds. Uh, when NASCAR returns for the month of May, there won't be any fans at the track to watch the races. Now, that's not just a psychological hit for the people participating. It's a hit to the tracks that host the events. Um, I'm sure that with the TV deals and sponsorships in place, the tracks won't go under or nothing. I'm, it's just going to be an obstacle to overcome in the future. And I, I understand why they don't have the fans coming to the track. I mean, they got the CDC guidelines and trying to keep people apart and, you know, trying to... Stop right there, criminal scum. <laughs> Stop right there. We're going to keep going with that, huh? <laughs> now, how about instead of a lecture, let's have a little conversation. Okay, I want to know. Do I lecture people? You're lecturing right now. You're lording. Am I? Over me. Well, yeah. you can. I always tell you, jump in at any time. I mean, you're lording. You're lording. I'm reading off you know my notes. Lording. Yeah. Anyway, what are the CDC guidelines? Let's have, give a little background to this. All what, right. what are we doing here? What, so, so when NASCAR comes back, Darlington, first race, what's happening? They have to limit the number of people who can be on a team. I think they capped that at, like, 18. I'd, I'd heard rumblings that they weren't even going to have live pit stops, but they were just going to have race breaks because they don't have enough team members. Uh, n- no then, fans, I assume. No fans, no. no. No, there's none anyway. Um, Ouch. Doesn't really... So they've been practicing? I mean, they've already... You got enough grandstand space to, you know, mark off six six feet of space in between, you know, fans that buy a ticket. You could charge, you know, you, you could rope some sections apart, you know, and I you, don't know. You, you know what? Get the yellow tape out, man. You know what's fun? We were watching on YouTube uh, Silver Crown races from IRP, Phoenix, and such. You look in the grandstands from back then, like the 90s. Just a, it's a it's a midget race. It's well, a silver crown race. Well, there's a there was a bunch of different divisions going on at the same day. Too. Yeah, but right. but I mean, this is back when you could fill the grandstands for an ARCA race. Yeah. At certain tracks. Yeah. Well. And you could fill the grandstands for an Xfinity and a truck race. Right. Now you don't. Right. Well, but like back then, like I said, they were watching the Copper World Classic, and the grandstands were full. Watching them race uh, Saturday Night Thunder, Thursday Night Thunder, which whatever it was on ESPN, I forget what it was back then. They Mostly they Saturday changed. Night, yeah. I think they changed it up. But, but we watched that, and it's like the grandstands were still full, and I'm like, God damn, what what happened? <laughs> right. So what's the point? Like, well, I'm just saying. I mean, they've been just steadily decreasing over time. So yeah, they've been yeah, practicing that's, that's for more no fans. Another episode. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's not. We're but not. We're not debating is, why it's so, decreasing. To get back on topic, what is so. So yeah, they'll have no fans in the stands. They won't. Uh, they gotta wear masks. They, they all gotta, gotta wear masks. The driver has to wear a mask, guys. I heard, Everybody. Right? I don't think right. the driver has to wear a mask while racing. I think he's just I gonna wear he his head does. sock. They wear a head sock. I mean, it's just you I know think it'd be that's funny. fireproofing anyway. I think it'd be great if the driver had a uh, vinyl wrap of his own face onto the helmet, like Corey LaJoy or something. And that, yeah. <laughs> Did he do that? No, he had one on his car. Yeah. He had his face on his car. Uh, well, they should put it on his helmet. Huh, whatever. 
so that they, everyone knows what they look like and they can social distance safely. It totally won't look creepy at all. Oh, no, it won't. It'll be fine. It'll be good. But I think everybody's got to wear masks and everybody's got to social distance and everybody has to have their temperature taken and, like, symptom checked and all this other stuff on entry the to drivers the drivers will be over 101. Well, that's before the race. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got to do it when they're entering the track. It's going to be one-day shows. Nobody's going to be... I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, the, before a race, it's kind of hard because it's not like they're going to have a good resting heart rate. They're going to be amped up to go. Well, they're going to do it when you they know. arrive. They're going to arrive in the morning. Yeah. These guys are professionals. They know what they're doing. I know, but it's you still get a little. I would hope that you would. Still you're not going to run. Butterflies. You're not going to run a fever. <laughs> well, I know, but I, I figure you know if your blood pressure is up, you're still going to be a little bit warm, and they're changing it now to where you know low grade fever and stuff is a sign of it now. You know, it's like breathing oxygen is a sign now. But but anyway, everybody's got coronavirus. You know, the only person to ever have like a resting heart rate while he was racing was actually, I believe, Dave Pearson. Uh, they put a they. Oh, did they put a heart monitor? Yeah, on they him? put a bunch of heart monitors and things like that, and uh, a lot of medical instrumentation on him. And he actually his heart rate went slower when he went out in the racetrack. That's funny. Yeah. If my heart rate went slower, I'd die because my resting heart rate's like fifty-eight. You'd be an elephant. Thirty-two. <laughs> I funny story. I ended up in the hospital for some reason, like caffeine withdrawals or something. It, it's really it really screwed me up, and I didn't know what was going on, so I went to the ER. And I they they put me on like heart monitor and all that stuff because I felt funny, and like I kept like it was like three in the morning, so I felt I like started falling asleep in the bed and it kept waking me up because my heart rate kept dropping too low like it was going like to fifty mm. and it kept like waking me up I'm like can you not I'm trying to sleep here <laughs> like, this, it's like this is normal please stop. Bing. <laughs> no, but like I said, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, this has opened up a whole host of debates from the fan base about what NASCAR can do with the schedule and with races in different states that might not open in time to host an event and might have their event canceled outright for the year. Um, Lots of people on Twitter and Facebook and stuff have thrown the idea out that this is NASCAR's opportunity to bring back local Carolina venues that haven't been on the schedule for some time, like a North Wilkesboro or Rockingham. Okay, so if so instead of traveling the country, keep it local. Yeah, that's basically what they're saying because oh, they okay. want they they're trying to keep it to one day shows yeah. and they're trying to keep it within driving distance for everybody. So that like if they wanted to do Atlanta, yeah, it's kind of a, a long it's like four hour trip, but you can still drive it. I mean it would be possible. Mm-hmm. But like I said, people have been talking about North Wilkesboro, Rockingham. The fans aren't going to be there anyway, so right. But you know, is the is the you still have more to attract than just grandstands. So oh god, yeah, you have all the infrastructure and stuff. Rockingham, yeah. you know, while I think it's a noble idea that NASCAR would gain a lot of popularity from such a move, um, in my eyes, it's not as easy as people may think it out to be. Like. I think, for instance, or I think that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that wouldn't really allow for this type of thing to be feasible. Well, right now there's a lot of paperwork going on. I think Rockingham is in a bankruptcy or something. Again? Eh. Uh, yeah, I think there's something like that. Because somebody bought them and then <clears throat> really put a lot of effort into like 
trying to bring it back, and then they completely failed. And it's like, Ooh. so they may be. There's, I don't know. We need NASCAR man history on the third mic. Anyway, you should be on the fourth mic. But too. if if this was some kind of feasible option for NASCAR, the most turnkey option would be North Wilkesboro because that place still has every ounce of infrastructure still in it, and they even have safer barriers from the last time they ran. So, like they they could essentially load up at North Wilkes. Well, they don't uh, have not, any not North Wilkes Wilkes That thing is pretty rough. No, I meant like I meant Rockingham. Sorry, Rockingham. Yeah, oh, they okay. could Rockingham. Did that, did I say North Wilkes Rewind the tape. Uh, yeah, whatever, but either way, um, <laughs> either way, it's it's Rockingham. Rockingham is the most uh, turnkey place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, the infrastructure is an issue, but like for instance. Um, I spoke earlier about race sponsorship. I don't think a company would be willing to let out of their deal uh, or to be let out of their deal. I'm assuming it has a contract to have their name on a certain race at a certain facility. So to have it run at a different place, I don't know. Um, Also, the track might be depending on that sponsor money to stay open. But on the flip side, if the state is not going to allow that track to open up, i.e. California, and the race gets canceled, then they wouldn't get the sponsor money for that facility either way. So it comes down to the complicated legal side, which I don't really know anything about. I mean, would one of these tracks even be ready for an event? I think I've already mentioned that. You know, Rockingham would be the most turnkey compared to Wilkesboro, but, you know, you could always do, like, cameras in a stand and all the trucks have the wiring go to that and have the announcer stay home. You know what I mean? You don't even need them up in a booth. I mean, you, it would be feasible, but not probable. Um, put a bunch of big ass monitors like a movie theater, and just have it like a drive-in. Everybody <laughs> out in the parking lot, just watch it on the big screen. Stay in their drink cars. Beer, you know, have a couple cookout, have like a big old tailgate or something. I'd, yeah, but then you'd have to have people come and enforce social distancing rules, and it would be a clusterfuck and just unbelievably bad. But like I said, with sponsorship and TV deals, I just don't think it's that easy to just up and swap into a completely different venue that's been off the schedule for so long. Plus, you'd have to look into who owns the tracks. And I know SMI still owns North Wilkesboro, and they're not doing anything with it, and they don't care. Even though they pretend to, they don't. They don't care. And then we got Rockingham, like Jess said, and they got, I don't know what the hell's going on. They're on their third or fourth owner after they got dumped from the schedule in 04, and who knows. Yeah, I don't know, and I, I'm not sure either about another good question we got to answer sometime is, is there anything to this virtual racing that benefits the sponsors and helps maintain some sort of status quo within the, within the deals and the I think it's, paperwork? Lots I, of paperwork now. I think it's good for the sponsors because anything that – the sponsors are only really interested in an exposure. Mm-hmm. And racing is exposure because the cars are on television. If right. you put virtual cars on television, you're still going to get that exposure. We care about two things: length of time, and how many eyes have seen it. Other than you're that, paying for you're paying you for a commercial. Idiots out there with your virtual race cars and your virtual uh, skills. Yeah, no. One, <laughs> nobody watches that shit. I watched the first. You know what? I watched the first two, and then I'm like, I'm over this. It looked the same every time, and I'm like, I'm bored. It's just like iRacing. All the same people are at the front, and it's all the people who are good at iRacing, not necessarily good at racing, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> There's a difference between being good on iRacing and a difference between being good at racing. 
like whatever all right so we're excited about the schedule coming out we're excited to see racing again because i'm so tired of watching cartoons i.e virtual racing <laughs> but i love i love participating in it but i don't i'm sick of watching it anyway um more nascar news in uh, lap number two For lap number two this week, we're going to keep the NASCAR train rolling uh, and actually talk about racing for once. And we're going to talk about the rule changes and safety advancements following the Ryan Newman crash at Daytona. NASCAR announced a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I might as well just get into listing it because there's a lot to unpack here. Um, so here's the list of safety advancements and updates. Okay, so they eliminated the aero ducts and the front of the cars on super speedways. They reduced the... What does that do? That will reduce drag, I believe, because you're, um, what it did was it pulled air from the nose, and it pulled it out and ran it out the side. Okay, let me rephrase that. It pulled the air out through ducts, like brake ducts type of thing, mm -hmm. and it let the air come out through the front fender wells. So it basically widened the path that the car makes in the air, so it, it, it creates more drag basically is what it does so make so it made cars suck up to quicker yeah it made the cars really pack up to each other fast okay so they're getting rid of that okay yes so to counteract okay, good. my I, my line of thinking is the second one they reduced the size of the throttle body from 59 of an inch to 57 of an inch at super speedways and honestly i think that's just to counteract the elimination of the aero ducts because it's such a small change you're talking thousands of an inch here because i think that they're gonna you know make them suck up i mean they pulled the drag out of it so that they would you know not suck up as fast but then they pulled a little bit more plate out of it just to you know just to take a little bit more out because i think that was half the problem that they saw with the newman accident was i think they saw blaney sucked up really fast coming off of four and they have more rule changes in the in the later parts here. So, yeah, we're still going here. So they updated roll bar padding specifications. It's going to be mandatory everywhere starting June 1st. The oil reservoir tank or overflow expansion tank must contain a check valve. Good. And that's from, obviously, the Newman wreck uh, when he was stopped on the... Uh, Tri the far, far end of the trial towards turn one, wherever he came to rest. Uh, and obviously the people with their memes saying, oh my god, it was such a miracle because there was gas pouring out of the car and it didn't ignite. The wind was blowing the right direction. It wasn't gas, people. It was oil. Right, the oil they, is in the trunk. It's been yeah, that way for many years. They it's don't a, know what a dry sump system it's is. It's a dry sump system. They got like 30 quarts of oil in the car. It needs a big-ass tank. You know, the tank is in the trunk. So, I mean, it's a big you know round canister and anyway that was some reason it it was leaking out of the truck when oil is that hot after a race especially the weight oil that they use that that oil is so thin they use it one race and throw it away it is so it's such a you know thin weight oil especially when it gets hot yeah it looks like liquid like gasoline throw away the oil after every 500 mile race well they would anyway but like i yeah. said we're, we're talking short trackers here but you know I've run some. I've run some oil on a short track that you can only run one race weekend in a short track, and you have to throw it away. And it's seventeen dollars a quart. Needless to say, I don't run that oil anymore. No. 
We should. No way. I would. No. Well, I came like with my motor after it got dynoed, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm gonna put something with actual like anti wear additives and cleansers in it. So <laughs> yeah, so. I care about the longevity of my engine. The next rule change came. They said you have to add slip tape, and they have to apply uh, the entire length of the front and rear bumper cover and extension at all super speedway tracks, and that's basically like putting Teflon on the front and rear bumpers so that you can slip a little bit instead of like getting into somebody and hooking them, like what happened with Newman. Because Blaney pushed him straight, thinking that he was going to push him, but just a hair off. You know, a little bit of, of opposite direction because Blaney was moving just a little left and Newman kind of moved a little bit to the right. It just hooked him. You know, usually if you're going to hook somebody, you catch him in the absolute corner of the bumper, but he hit him and it just shot him over. I don't That's think it's really going to matter. I think what they really should do, if they're going to keep the throttle body size down and they're going to keep this pack race and stuff, they should apply Vaseline to the bumper so that when the guy behind them doesn't have to go in dry. To the guy in front of them. <laughs> well, they've tried this tape before, and it's worked fine. And I don't know why they got away from it, but it must have been some reason. Um, so, and the last piece of safety they changed was they made an addition of a lower main roll bar support bar intrusion plate and an upper main roll bar support bar. And it's going to be mandatory on super speedways and optional everywhere else. I'll get into that in a minute after I finish listing all of the different changes. More bars are good. Stronger, yeah. Heavier race car equals safe race car, in my opinion. Yeah. uh, Let's see. Competition changes include uh, temporary ban on most testing will be lifted on May 4th. Uh, on-track testing will still be banned for the top three series for the remainder of the season. Um, organizations are allowed, or organizations are allocated a total of 150 hours of wind tunnel testing through December 31st, 2021, with a max usage hours of 70 in 2020 and 90 in 2021. Wind tunnel testing for the next-gen car by individual organizations is not permitted. Uh, All remaining parts submission meetings for 2020 have been canceled. This is all kind of like team stuff. We don't really have to worry about as fans. No, that's okay. And the minimum number of short block sealed engines changed from 13 to 8. Jesse has all sorts of opinions on short block sealed engines. Fucking crate engine built in Mexico with a bunch of Chinese parts. It's all built with good USA shit right in fucking God's country in Wisconsin. With regards to testing issues, uh, NASCAR banned all testing not related to the next-gen car on May uh, no, Mar- March 17th. This was including but not limited to wind tunnels, full and scale models, climactic tunnels, 7-8 posters, uh, or 7-8 posters, I'm sorry. Uh, I, read the, I read it as a measurement. It's like, nope, that's not it. Uh, K&C rigs, static and dynamic, and driver simulators, etc., and uh, if you were wondering what changes to the roll cage was made, uh, to put it into local terms, NASCAR added bolstering to the back left area behind the driver's head. Close re- it's it's kind of closely related to the bluet bar that we see in modifieds around the northeast. Uh, not quite, but it's very close. Um, they also added gusseting to the bars, anti-intrusion plates to the lower two. Uh, I like reading into these types of updates because it gives you an idea what NASCAR investigated and deemed were the failure 
um, or weak points, as it were, in uh, Newman's Daytona car. Uh, I honestly don't think we'll ever see the video or pictures that NASCAR took of that car. But yeah, we will. Yeah, I mean, hey, if Dale Earnhardt's stuff got leaked, I guess this probably would at some point too, right? Yeah, so did Jennifer Lawrence's butthole. That got leaked. Anything can be leaked. I, I would say I haven't seen it, but I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Maybe about seven or eight. Th- that's pretty good. Um, Why are we still here? Because <laughs> we're just finishing this thing. Oh, anyway. Um, so the only reason I really want to see the car or the video that came out of it is just, it's out of curiosity anyway, and that's really it. I mean, call it morbid curiosity, call it regular curiosity. I don't know. I like engineering, so I wanted to see what, you know, what would need to be changed and stuff. But, you know, NASCAR has some very intelligent engineers working for them, and our input, I guess, just really isn't strictly necessary from a fan's point of view. So, I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Here's what failed on the car, okay? It was at Daytona with a restrictor plate with 30 guys around it. It was gonna, it was gonna. If he flipped over, he's gonna get T-boned anyway. He's gonna get ran over. He's lucky only one guy ran over him. Could have been five or six of them. Well, he technically ran under him, right? He ran over him, <laughs> ran under him. You know, ran through him pretty much. Tomato, tomato. I don't know. Bafa Gould, man. I don't know. He ran through him. Let's just let's yeah. split the difference. You know, uh, it's look at all the safety measures. You know, just. I don't know. I was going to say, look at all the safety measures. These are all mostly pretty good, except for lowering the size of the throttle body. I mean, but that's not going to matter worth a damn anyway. You got to get them separated. You got to keep them separated, offspring. Well, the problem with NASCAR is they've built a brand based on supreme action with no regard, basically. (laughs) Basically. When the the big one gets hashtagged, of course it's now a thing. It's a thing that's encouraged. It's, it's gonna. It's hashtag the big one. Trademark, copyright, ampersand, whatever. I do kind of feel bad for the the drivers because it is kind. It, it's been like the Roman Coliseum since they yeah, they, they instituted them. You know, they're basically going out there and being like, "Yeah, we're gonna crash because we race a restrictor plate track," and they all know it, and that's really kind of sad. You know, yeah, Back they when, all know it, and then guess what? You see Ryan Newman almost get dead. Yeah, you know. Oh, we all know this. We all know this is a problem. And we're, we're how defeating is that? Well, how much did they do after Austin Dillon? Austin Dillon's feet were hanging out of the car when it landed upside down. Yeah, no kidding. Like, no, no shit. Like, I'm not joking. I mean, I wish... I don't know. A part of me kind of wishes that, you know, the drivers just say, you know what? God damn it. Enough is enough. I mean, look what they did with the Formula One race in at Indy in 2006. You they all just wait. walked out. They all walked out. They all stopped. They all pulled right off and said, you know what? All you chodes and well, that was go, go kill yourselves. That was more of a, a tire manufacturer issue, but the FIA didn't was, exactly help. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was one tire manufacturer didn't have the day the other one did. But do you do you know why that's we're, such we're a talking farce? About, what are we talking about? We're talking about you know, Bridgestone for, Michelin, right? We're talking, yeah, no, but we're talking about the 2005, two thousand five. Was it two thousand six? I believe it was two thousand five. Uh, United States Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I believe it was that. Yeah, drivers walked out of that race. It was called the worst F one race of all time. Go watch lap series on that. I believe six cars started. 
Yeah, six cars started. Micro Schumacher won like he was gonna anyway. And <laughs> you know why this was such a farce, and why NASCAR gets this right? When they had tire wars back in the '80s and '90s, NASCAR said, "If you're gonna bring tires to this track, you bring enough for everyone." Yeah. Michelin and Bridgestone in the Formula One race did not do that. No, they brought their own tires, and when they kept blowing them and running out. They they just kept trying to bring more. They yeah, brought it, planes worth of tires over yeah, to try to but, fulfill it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's great in a way, but no one no one in NASCAR chose the safer tires. Let's put it that way. They chose the fastest. Dave Marcus did. Dave Marcus was yeah, but he was smart. <laughs> he was also very loyal to to Goodyear. So right, but you know, yeah, they're not going to take the safest tire. No one's going to take the safest tire. They want to win the race. Want to take the fastest tire. Yeah, I agree. Anybody would. Yeah, I agree. You could you can go you could say, Hey, listen, any driver, it doesn't matter. Okay, you get in that race car, it's two seconds faster, but if you crash, you're gonna die. Or you can get into that one which is two seconds slower, but it's a real safe car. You'll make the end of the race. You'll make the end of the race. Every driver hundred percent is gonna choose the one that's gonna kill him. It's like it's well it's like, well, that's if I crash, right? Not, right. not. I'm going to. <laughs> right, so it is part. It is part of the. It's, so the whole responsibility. The dichotomy the of racing is on the sanctioning <laughs> body, and who makes the rules, and that's why restrictor plate racing fails. And it's always going to have a, a Ryan Newman thing. Because yeah, that was... it is not only allowed, but it's encouraged, just not in so many words. The big one hashtag trademark coming up in a few episodes. We're going to have at least a top 10 uh, racing phrases that make me want to throw an axe through the TV. We could that's just, one of them. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it, we'll hey, go got... about that in another episode. Here, here's a preview. called a teaser. Here's a preview for you. Yeah. Vortex theory. <laughs> How's that for a phrase? Do you want to throw something through the TV? Oh, dear. I think, <laughs> I think that has something to do like with arrow push. No, remember the no man. How could you miss this one? Vor- the vortex theory—that's Daryl Waltrip's theory for keeping rain away from the track. Oh, if you get them cars racing, it creates an air vortex and it keeps the clouds away. Well, that was actually—it's still better. Than he boogie, never boogie, shut boogie, the boogie. hell up about that either. No, he. <laughs> I mean, we were saying that beforehand. I mean, at least he's an old guy, you know, like us. But you know. Well, I thought it was funny. It, it was, yeah, it, but it, it is kind of funny. But should we reserve the debate over why plate racing sucks and what we could do to fix it? We on a previous episode. No, should we reserve that for a newer episode? Oh yeah. Well, All right. All right. So we'll keep this brief. We'll wait till they suck again in July if we keep going racing. If the coronavirus hasn't hit with a second wave, it killed most half of humanity. Well, I hope it does because we're overpopulated. Yeah. We need some more. We need some cleaner air. It's doing good work. <laughs> it's doing God's work. No, it's not going to kill the right people. The Boomer Hoover. The Boomer Hoover. <laughs> Sorry, Boomers. You're all cool. Anyway, uh, you got anything else? We can make this episode short. No. <laughs> There's nothing going on. What are we going to talk about? Just shut it down. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Our listeners have showed up. (laughs) Apparently our listeners have showed up. (laughs) 
So that's our show for this week because, uh, I mean, those are two major topics to talk about. Going back racing, rule changes, we covered them. Whatever. Yay. We did it. Good. Hooray for us. All right. We, we, yeah, we said the news <laughs> that's three days old and that shit you can Google. Yep. I think I should end the show on that note. There you go. Let's go. <laughs> so you can find the show on all major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it. Um, you can find me at BrentGleason01 on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find the show on Instagram at MakingLapsePodcast, Facebook.com slash MakingLapsePodcast. If you need some links to listen to the show from the major platforms, head on over to GleasonBrosRacing.com, and we have all the links to the platforms from there. You can click from your phone, and it'll take you right to it, whatever you want to do. Uh, thanks a lot for listening again this week. Uh, nice short episode for you, not to take up all your time, but uh, until next time, keep the dirty side Nobody down. Likes to listen to that fucking shit. And stay out of the fence. Thanks for listening.